Welcome to the African Tech Roundup episode 123. Now, this is where we round up the most important tech, digital and innovation highlights from across the African continent. My name is Andile Masugu and it's been a hot minute since Musa Kalinga and I taped a full in-studio episode of the show. Uh, and unfortunately, Musa couldn't join me for this particular one. Um, but the good news is that we've called upon our regular stand-in co-host, the inimitable founder of Tapsnap, VJ Vijendranath. You How's know, it, bro? You know it, man. You know it. I mean, you know, I've got nothing better to do. So I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to help him out. Now it is. <laughs> yes. Um, don't worry. Um, we, we still uh, love the fact that you are on PC and clearly you're keeping that side of your a personality up keep it coming son that's, uh, my, that's my thing that's my thing yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I eventually I will uh, my next job after this is become a shock jock yeah yeah. I'm, I'm sure the world awaits with bated breath <laughs> <laughs> thanks for agreeing to jump on the mic with me man uh, my pleasure to be here in fact uh, I was about to ask you what you've been up to but I'll save that for a little segment we like to call what's trending that's coming up a little later on but we have a special guest in the building a fellow Zimbabwean in the building a man who grew up in a little town called Gweru, Gweru, Zimbabwe. I happen to go to high school in Gweru, by the way. Nevertheless, Herbert Banira is here. Welcome to you, man. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Andile. Yes. Now, now, Herbert is the head of a business division called the Business Diaspora in South Africa at uh, Zing SA Pty Limited, which is, of course, a subsidiary of the Zing Group. Now, I'm going to ask you a little later on to fill us all in on what that means, but... Um, for now, it's a you know word on the streets is you're an accountant. I'm an accountant, yes. Um, Unfortunately, in recovery. In recovery. Yeah. In recovery, because yeah. um, yeah. your role has, doesn't have to do with accounting. So don't tune out just yet, y'all. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, Zing, of course, is a, a fintech company, um, part of the Zing Group, which is domiciled in uh, in Mauritius. But you'll tell us all about uh, that a little later on. Look forward to a great conversation around this a little later on. But before we jump into some massive news highlights and a discussion on the other side of that around. You know, this huge, what what do we call it? The, the fintech gold rush, I think it's fair to say. Before we jump into that, well, let's play a little game called What's Trending. So, folks, this is how it works. I'm going to give you each, starting with VJ and then with you, Herbert, and then it'll come right back to myself. I'll give you a topic and I'll ask you to give us an indication of what's trending around that issue in your life right now. Is that clear, folks? Okay. Does that sound good to VJ? All, All right, right. Uh, I, don't, I don't have much of a life at the at the moment, but we'll give it a try. All right, well, we'll see. I think <laughs> well, that's technically a trend as well. <laughs> okay. Not having a life, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Or as having or having as little a life as possible, a smaller life. As that's possible. actually a good thing. Because it means that you're concentrating on your business and not having parties and going out there talking nonsense and actually working on your business. You all hear right, that? Right. Uh, you hear that, folks at Zing? This man deserves a raise. He's uh, <laughs> he's giving it all up. <laughs> he's giving it all up. Yes. To make this work, <laughs> it all will be revealed later on. We'll find out what Zing does and and exactly why you're here. But let's play this game first. Uh, let's start with devices. What's trending in terms of devices for you, uh, VJ? Well, obviously the upcoming iPhone with a weird name. Apparently, it sounds like uh, it might be called the iPhone XS Max. So they've actually lost it in terms of the naming convention. But they but clearly haven't lost you as a fan. 
No, I'll actually, I think, I, even though I'm still using Android, technically speaking, but I'm still an Apple fan because I love the phones. I just waited, waiting for them to bring out the larger size phones. I can't wait to use this one, but I just wish they, they called it uh, better. It's actually the only name I know that's uh, named worse than the Lamborghini Urus. <laughs> that's probably, yeah, that's a pretty bad name, I yeah, have to say. Yeah, I have to yeah. say for for. for Pretty flash car. For a flash car. For what do you drive? Car. I drive Urus. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what's happening on your side in terms of uh, trending in the device space? Herbert? I don't know. I think at the moment, uh, like, like I told you, I'm more like a hermit. Eh? I don't know what's happening out there. But I think I will have to go back to what you showed me earlier on the Casio watch. I would like oh, to see what you got. Oh, snap. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're sort of setting me up for, for my slam dunk here. My device of choice at the moment is the Retro Casio um, I'm wearing right now. It's the F91W. It's the very first watch I ever had. And um, oh, my parents uh, bought, it, bought me one when I was a child. And, I, you know, it's really great that they've started making all the retro versions of Casio watches now. And I definitely caught myself one. Loving it. And I think it plays into the trend you're talking about where minimalist is key. I can't stand the idea of having... Um, a smart device on my wrist it you know it just the thought gives me anxiety well it seems like it's quite a trend now uh, it's not just because it's retro I think people are making a conscious decision to disconnect and have little as possible I mean if you look at the regulations going around in Europe and America they are forcing app makers to actually tell how long you're using the phones on the apps itself and there's a whole um, thing going on called hashtag disconnect yeah which yeah. is just yeah. You know, use as little as possible and get off social media. It's getting too much because if you're using social media nowadays, uh, as you know, if you're on it, have you ever, when, when is the last time you had a, or when is the last time you've seen a normal discussion going on on social media that doesn't yeah. involve race and, 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 and religion yeah. and, and, and swearing and, you know? Yeah. It's, it's Look, I mean, much. I mean, it can, it's sometimes argued that it's it's really just an extension of what's really happening inside all of us, and for that reason, it might be a good thing that we we have these platforms that show us just how much work we have to do as as humanity um, on ourselves. But on the other side, I think there's that discussion about the fact that all these devices and apps are designed to be addictive and. It's no, it's no longer a secret. It's not even, it's not even as though um, big tech is hiding it anymore. They totally want you as hooked on the stuff they're putting out as you might be to a substance, which I think is part of the pushback at the moment. I mean, they have departments and courses uh, where they teach you about habit-forming apps. Yeah. So that's what it is. A they use professional psychologists to build these apps to actually keep you hooked. Yeah. And the, what's even worse is well, how they're hooking um, kids because I have children. And they really are hooking them, and I have to be very careful because yeah. they're very, very, very clever. Yeah. yeah, and they should call it what it is. That's a nice way you put it. They, basically, they're teaching us how to, to, to program addiction, which is yes, it's programmed addiction. A program. Anyway, that's a, a fun by the by. But on to the next. What's trending? What's trending in your life, Herbert? As far as music, as far as music, uh, Eminem. Eminem, like his new stuff. Like he just dropped uh, Kamikaze. Are you digging that? 
Uh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. You take away the swear words. Uh, yeah. You take There's nothing the left. Anger. Let's be honest. You take away the swear words. Like what's left <laughs> with Eminem? Seriously. No, but I think um, Machine Gun Kelly, I mean, it's, uh, what there, there's obvious, I think that's the big uh, beef at the moment. Uh, as far as Eminem's concerned, like yes, there's team yes. Machine Gun Kelly and there's yeah. team Eminem. Um, and some people saying, even though he's not as gifted a, mm-hmm. an MC, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Right now he's really, he's kind of mm-hmm. winning on the real the realness gauge yes, you know for some yes. people but um you're still feeling eminem eminem i think this is a this is a great comeback it's, it's a great it's comeback. fantastic it's good yeah. it's good yeah it's he's good. back to it's his good. lyrical sensibilities he, and stuff yeah. he's back yeah shady's right. back shady's back apparently yep. Yep. okay what's trending in your world in terms of music in terms DJ? of music yeah. well i'm not exactly the musician uh, aficionado I would never be hosting a Grammys that's for sure <laughs> that's for sure right but in terms of uh, in terms of music I do know that uh, the way Tidal is working and uh, uh, in terms of music and how they're actually allowing us to actually have better choice and I yeah. think I'm liking what he's trying to attempt that's Jay-Z okay. uh, what he's attempting this whole are you, are you into the whole curation aspect because I think that's that's what they like to think they're they're doing better than say and I think it's it's hard to say for real because um, I, I think all of the platforms like to f- like to come to market with the notion of we're great at curating a sonic experience for you, a seamless sonic experience for you, a, a connected social sonic experience. Right. But Tidal does seem to have this sort of urban edge or urban street yes. cred at the moment. And I think yeah. it's one of the first. I think not first. I think it's the only proper multi million dollar um, streaming company owned by black companies or at least a black owned company yeah. Yeah. yeah which is which is fair to say because again the role of black folk in advancing music culture globally is huge and the fact that we don't have that many places we can say we own uh platforms that purvey the stuff is, well i'm surprised there's only just the one i'm surprised it's taken so long i'm surprised they launched in uganda <laughs> in Uganda, yeah. yeah. Oh, so Uganda. I, I'm I'm surprised they chose Uganda oh. to launch. Um, yeah. So a lot of people looking at that, but um, but then I also read a th- um, analysis on that that pointed out how much younger, relative to other parts of East Africa, Uganda's youth population is. There you go. There and you go. so again, plays into the strategy title apparently has around um, targeting uh, youth, but. Youth, youth, you know, the much younger youth, like, I guess Generation Z as opposed to borderline Generation Z millennial, where I think Spotify is, I think Spotify is a solid sort of millennial play, I think. Give us a shout out and let us know what you're streaming your music via, if you're even on the streaming wagon at the moment, and and how you've decided, you know, Tidal over Apple, over Spotify, over Heck, basics, you know, basics, pulse of of DRC. Even um, uh, there are a couple of international and local streaming services out there at the moment. What are you choosing to listen to? We want to know. Give us a shout at African Roundup on Twitter and Instagram, or give us a shout via our email address. Hello at africantechroundup.com. Okay, so let's just talk. What's trending in terms of what you're consuming visually? On your laptop, three out of three for us because we all have like Apple MacBooks on our on our laps. Like, what are you? And and by the way, I mentioned that because this is primarily how I consume my visual content. Um, this and my and my mobile phone. I don't know how you guys watch it. You probably have big screen TVs at home. I don't. But what are, what are you into right now? What's trending in terms of what are you consuming visually? You're at home a lot. You said you're a hermit. You must be consuming something, Herbert. I, I, 
I am, man. Yeah. I, I, I think besides, you know, besides working, keeping one busy, I think what I saw, which was quite interesting, was uh, I think my boss brought to work. I don't know if you guys know about the Shield, the the Nvidia. It's like your your Apple, the TV station where you've got uh, you've got games you can stream. Uh, it's called Nvidia Shield. Oh, okay. Oh, is yes. it like a, a TV box? It's like a TV box that yeah. basically manages all your entertainment needs, that kind of thing. That is correct. Okay. That's actually that is quite correct. a technical discussion if you want to have it. But what mm-hmm. Nvidia is doing is they're bringing graphics as a service yes. to consumers and businesses. Because as you know, one graphics card can be very expensive, but they have like a huge data center. Yes. Where just like how you would go on Amazon Web Services, mm-hmm. you can actually use graphics as a service if you just need to do some compute time. Yes. On graphics work. Wow, that's smart. So yes. kind of like what uh, Adobe has done with with their software suite. Yes. Um, for for creatives. Yes, they've actually obviously switched it over to uh, monthly. Yes. So it's like a subscription service. So now yes. you can use graphics as a subscription service. Where the burden used to be on you as a creative to have like this really souped up setup that's right. and mm-hmm. a, a physical dongle yeah. or yeah, yeah. something of that nature yeah. in order to access mm-hmm. Adobe software, for example. Exactly. Sorry, I'm just using things I, I kind of use. Think a, a, I think it's the same concept. Similar concept. Yeah, because the, the specs on that. Uh, uh, the specs on that device were quite amazing. Yeah, you know, I think it was they, they bought it for about two fifty US dollars, and uh, it is a you know in a, an amazing device. And then there's a subscription, I'm sure. There's a subscription, but there's a lot of uh, free services there. You can stream for free, you can play games for free, and obviously uh, they put a premium on the other products that you want to pay. But there's a lot of free stuff on there. Okay, so they're really trying to get people on the box, yes, hooked on the box. Right now, NVIDIA is the largest in terms of um, doing quite well. Obviously, the other one is AMD. Yes. The battle has been between NVIDIA and AMD for a while. Yeah. NVIDIA is leading the way, but AMD is doing pretty well. It's, it's yeah. not bad. It's just NVIDIA is taking the limelight because they've introduced all this uh, graphics as a service and now it's something new, if you are into graphics, called uh, real-time ray tracing. Now, you must understand that I also understand this because you know, I enjoy Oh, yes, because you're a photographer and, of course, tap and snaps. I, and, I, and, I, and I enjoy yeah. the gaming and the visual stuff. So you must understand how giddy I am when I hear about real-time ray tracing. You must understand what that is uh, to give you a, uh, it, it is actually watching um, one of the Pixar movies. Think about that in real time. Wow. Think about that in real time. Uh, that's You're able to actually get reflections in real time. That's something that wasn't available Ever. Okay, I have to be honest. This sounds really dope. I'm excited for you. I barely know what you're talking about, but I'm clearly excited for you. And oh, yeah. I mean, if you're into really gaming and uh, platforms and stuff, when you get real-time reflections... And NVIDIA is up to this. Yes, and they've just introduced it in their new graphics card. Yeah. Um, I think it's called the Access. I can't remember the name for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's real-time ray tracing is something major. That's something Hollywood had access to. Uh, well, Pixar had access to, but yeah. now games can actually do it. That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. Look, my personal visual thing right now, it's food on YouTube. <laughs> I just love, I love cooking videos. That's that kind of trending in my life at the moment. Um, um, but yeah, there's also something we were talking about before you came here that got me intrigued. Um, uh, VJ about this trend on YouTube, apparently uh, around uh, autonomous sensory meridian response, ASMR. A- ASMR for short. Yeah, for short. And, um, this trend around what seems to be a really stressed planet looking for for ways to de-stress. From, from what I see, it's become the largest growing form of content on YouTube as well. That is nuts. Uh, and it uses a, a concept called binaural audio. So where these, uh, the recordist on the other side uses this weird binaural type audio stereo microphone where they talk, in, it almost sounds like they're talking into your ear. Yeah. Right. Um, whispering almost. 
And it's also weird things. For some, someone scratching dandruff, you can feel it. Yeah. Someone, oh, you think you can. So the, the thing is what they're doing with audio and I suppose to some extent visual, yes. like accompanying visuals on YouTube is, oh, I, and presumably with a really good quality pair of headphones. Yes, you need headphones and, and then you feel it. Like if someone's cutting the hair, it feels like they're cutting your hair. Yeah. If or stroking combing, your hair, or, stroking, combing or whispering your hair. into your ear, exactly. or just comforting you and saying everything's okay. And people use, use this to com- uh, get comfort and fall asleep. And actually, How is that not creepy? People are just struggling to find a way to exhale. Yes, and, but I will give you the largest, yeah, probably yeah. the most profitable, if you're interested. Yeah. The most profitable business that will happen in, the, in five years' time, if you're interested in doing this, is AMSR Pornography. Oh my word. <laughs> we are so not going to discuss that right now. But Simply because I, I have a hard time imagining why you'd be wrong about this, uh, being that we wouldn't have the internet in its current form if it wasn't for pornography. And I hate to say that, and it's really unfortunate. I'm not a proponent for, for pornography. And yes, yes, I'm pulling a moral card right now. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you're wrong, but I have a feeling. <laughs> right. The largest uh, growth in VR was pornography already. So now imagine VR and ASMR together. You got ASMR photography. So you have visual aid with 3D with the sound put together, giving you the most immersive experience. That will be the largest, fastest growing form of ASMR VR technology in five years. Here's to hoping five years from now, I'm not sitting here asking a group of people (laughs) what's trending and that comes up. But hey, so listen, um, that's been fun, actually. I thought it would be nice to crack the ice, to break the ice a little bit with you guys. And thank you. Just get into your minds a little bit before we jump into more, uh, to, into sterner stuff, into, into more solid foods. Um, I'm running out of uh, metaphors and analogies here. <laughs> Let's just jump into news highlights. Um, you know, from the last couple of months, there's so much to discuss since we've been last in studio for a full format show. Um, so we're really just going to go with some Massive trends that touch on a number of different uh, issues across markets on the continent. Let's start with this trend towards the consulting industry in South Africa, but perhaps in other parts of the continent and the world. The consulting industry is um, going through a really tough time. I'd call it hashtag agency disrupted, uh, you know, consulting disrupted. Um, They've been taking knock after knock after knock whether it's um, all the consulting firms that have been implicated in the the Gupta Gate scandal or, for example, more recently, Bain being implicated in what's turning out to be this massive, by their own admission, this massive mess um, at uh, the South African Revenue Service, Deloitte, McKinsey, KPMG, all sorts of scandals. All you need to do is basically Google KPMG South Africa, McKinsey South Africa, Accenture South Africa, any one of these firms, South Africa, put that into Google and you'll see what we're talking about. And so we won't, you know, unpack what the the specifics of their woes, but what's been very curious to me and in some of the offline discussions I'm having with leading corporate executives in South Africa mostly, but also in other parts of the continent, is the pressure they're starting to feel in needing to gear up to provide consulting alongside maybe products, tech services, and things of that nature. What do you guys make of this? How do you think a Dimension Data, an, a NASPERS, uh, a Venture Garden Group, uh, a Convergence Partners uh, at the sort of investment level, how do you think they are needing to sort of adapt in terms of talent, in terms of internal capacity, in terms of uh, uh, um, systems, 
to deliver on what is probably going to be a steady demand for for consulting services where before all they needed to deliver on was X. Well, I can tell you from my experience in working in two companies, large companies, I don't know why they go out buying smaller companies because, you know, they want to get their skill set or market that they've created. And what, what they do is they integrate it back into the larger corporate firm and then it goes and dies because it's no longer that nimble startup that it was, right? So my question is, why don't these large companies simply fund these smaller companies, have a stake in it, and let those smaller firms run independently? Let them, you know, go in their own sort of way, do what they need to, and simply form a supporting financial role. And then you get your market share in the process. Why are you trying to integrate it into your bigger name? And then all of a sudden it becomes too expensive, uh, bloated, and then, of course, another startup takes over, and then they lose out. Yeah. And I suppose that's also true for thinking about it in the context of there are certain things that um, large, you know, big tech, whether I think of in South Africa, Adapt IT, that they might not be capacitated to deliver on. But by strategic acquisition, they put themselves in a position to deliver a certain level of insight um, where a, a potential client might have gone to a quote unquote traditional consultancy looking for answers. Um, so I don't know. Is that what you mean? Well, it's too expensive, right? Yeah. Um, they're too bloated because the margins required to be in a consultancy is just, just way too high. Of course, they don't want to go with the very tiny, small companies because they're too small to cater for the large requirements that big companies have. So the best uh, compromise between the two is a smaller firm funded by a larger consulting firm that has its own legs to run on, own legal framework. So if I hired Accenture, uh, only because it's large, it's fine. Okay, you need it. But sometimes I need to save money. I don't want to hire Accenture. I want to hire a smaller firm that, 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 that has maybe 50 people in it to do the job. It may be funded by Accenture. Accenture, Accenture might own a few, a bit of equity in it. Let's go with them, right? Big companies don't want to go with that because they don't have a big name behind them. So that's the compromise. I, I don't know why they don't want to. I think it's going to be harder and harder to justify going with the same with the usual suspects after the spate of sort of scandals because it's becoming quite clear that the top dollar corporates have been willing to pay uh, the likes of Bain and others. It's, yeah, it's gone. It's clearly not justified. Uh, it's um, too it's too large. It's too bloated. Yeah. Uh, margins are too high. Um, they're trying to save money. Yeah. Yeah. And and basically, there are smarter ways to do research. There are smarter ways to close inside gaps. And and while it kind of feels like an easy one-stop shop to deal with a, you know, a large sort of incumbent consultancy firm, um, perhaps companies are going to need to think about doing things differently. What do you think, Herbert? Well, uh, since since we are we are driving our company as a as a startup, I think I'll I'll come back to you. I think I'll have answers for you when we've gone through this. Herbert's, this hope, Herbert's hoping. Uh, they're one of the. They don't want to step on toes at the moment. So yeah, he doesn't want to tick off anyone we've listed off right now. Because <laughs> they, they. Oh, sorry, they are clients. Is that disclaimer? There? Yes, <laughs> yes. They may very well be taking meetings with them, but no. In uh, honestly, Herbert, you can say as little or as much as you want for the different stories we touch on. Um, feel free to jump in at any point British, British, and British. and graciously <laughs> decline like you just did uh, whenever it's <laughs> appropriate for you. 
<laughs> but let's move on to MTN uh, versus Nigeria. Um, is this 2.0? I think it's 2.0. At this point, it's because of the size of the amounts we're talking about. It's only MTN versus Nigeria. Or Nigeria versus MTN, depending how you look at it, 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, all you have to do is run a, a Google search or even just um, head to africantechroundup.com and go check out like past episodes to see us, you know, discuss all all the, the, the pain and misery MTN has had to endure over the last couple of years, um, not least because of, you know, their fraught uh, operations in Nigeria. And now there seems to be a differential between what MTN has calculated as their sort of tax bill. Um, and and what they they've undertaken to to remit to the Nigerian government and the Nigerian government going well you guys are two billion dollars off the mark and um, you owe us that money and of course it's wreaked havoc on MTN's share price and and what's been interesting is observing the the media um, the sort of the media coverage of this issue in South Africa uh, and uh, comparing it with what's happening in Nigeria and, and how this is being spoken about there and. By and large, a lot of people in South Africa feeling um, Nigeria is taking full advantage of what's at this point a, a mobile telco on its knees to try and stay in what's, what is Africa's biggest market. And uh, I don't know what you feel about it, uh, Fiji. Um, I wish I knew the inside um, track of it. I mean, it sounds yeah. like mafia, you know, where they say you've got to like pay to have access to our markets because you're so large and powerful. Therefore, it could be or it could be that MTN did um, make a folly. Yeah, um, I just can't get over MTN's rubbish track record at doing business on the continent uh, in terms of just, you know, when they had the chance to be the sort of bright and shining example of what it means to be a homegrown African multinational. Um, there's just example after example I can I can think of, uh, which, you know, well documented in the media and otherwise, that suggests to me that this is a company that's for lo- for a very long time basically printed money on its own terms. And yeah, and I mean, perhaps you're right, but I I also do see that um, we're in a season of reckoning, not just for the likes of MTN, but if you look across the world at everyone from Amazon to Twitter to Facebook, anyone big and mighty, Google even, um, is, is being held to a much higher standard in terms of what we expect from them as society. And, you know, cookies crumble. And and right now, you know, MTN's cookie not looking so happy. Not so good. And of course, these large incumbent companies. Um, I think good a great example is how Netflix sort of really, really grew fast, so globally and so fast that DSTV became so threatened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that because that's an excellent example yeah. to pair alongside this, where it's like, how rich is it for Naspers, right? <laughs> how rich for for this mint? All right, for lack of a better term, for this, for this South African sort of incumbent mint, right, that has really done very little up until the last ten years to do anything other than serve its own interests, right? Um, how rich for them to 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 go to regulators and go? How unfair it is for Netflix not to, to you know to be to be regulated in the same way we are. Well, tough bricks, you know. There's a side of me that's like, well, maybe they're right because on some level, I feel some kind of way about any company that's happily domiciled wherever and and puts us in a position where we're not able to hold them to account. But at the same time, for for Naspers to to want us to feel sad for them, I I think is a a bit of a stretch. I think they're just going to need to figure out new ways to basically create value for their shareholders. I think for like nearly 10 years, people have said, please make it available online. Please give us super sport only. 
please can we just watch Super Sport 2 or 3 because I just want to watch football. Yeah. They haven't done it and now the big boys have come uh, with the streaming service and all of a sudden it's like, why are you going to the, going to the uh, granddads and for dads? He, he, he broke my toy type of situation. And this is what's going to happen. This is why I always say your competition is not always obvious. Yeah. Um, DSTV's competition wasn't another satellite provider. Yeah. It's a content provider, yeah. right? Uh, who, who is like VW's biggest com- competition? Yeah. You know, who, who is... uh the biggest competition for pizza yeah, you know yeah. it's not always another pizza company yeah. it's a dieting company just ask the know? folks at ford who are i mean it's it's nuts to think that a company like ford could be facing the kind of existential crisis that kodak went through it's like it's nuts right to and, your and, point and, and and that's ironic because kodak went through it and they're the ones who invented it do you know that yeah the whole yeah the ccd technology yeah, came yeah. from them the internal guys said we want to go uh, and the big boys are like no 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 our business is to print you know yeah, yeah. and they could totally forgot yeah. so very often the innovations happen internally and they forget yeah so liberty and discovery yes uh, liberty uh, life the, uh, i think the largest life insurer in south africa by by some metrics but i mean discovery was literally an, an in-house idea yes. which got shelved and now discovery is what what like just massive Not massive the, and that's sure. becoming a, that's a register to be a common bank i think yeah yes. Yes. yes the discovery bank that's that's, that's on the cards that's on the cards, cards. Yeah. yeah so i yeah so to, i suppose you know back to mtn um i do, a, a lot of these issues relevant to them because for the longest time they've enjoyed an effective monopoly alongside a number of other people um in the, in the mobile telco space and Again, and what did they do with that and what do, and what have they done with that advantage um and 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 now sort of the balance of power has changed in a country like Nigeria certainly mm-hmm. um over the last couple of years ask Itasalat as well who have since decided well Nigeria too hot for us we're out of here well think about the competition what is MTN's competition what is Vodacom's competition if you think about it i wonder it's actually OTA providers over the air providers. Right. The Facebooks, the Googles, the Netflix of the world. Yeah. Right. And amazing. Yeah, and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, that, that was slick. That was slick Herbert. <laughs> and there's something new that's got, uh, that's in the work that I think Elon Musk uh Elon Musk is actually trialing in the United States. Yeah. Let's see what happens with that one. Uh, where he actually got a license to uh, to put satellites around the world and it would beam Wi-Fi to your phone anywhere in the world. So if that happens then you've got the low a, orbit ones yeah low orbit so now you've got a situation where you've got a mobile provider that's anywhere in the world that's a singular mobile provider that you can just hook up using your wifi you bypass MTN completely so you're basically saying Nigeria is the least of MTN's worries right now I think so I think okay. so because if they really, in the long term at least long term like yeah. if you look at it from a, from a decades perspective yeah. you have a provider where they can access your customers anywhere in the world by having a satellite up there only competition only way to counter that is to build rockets shoot them up and and then shoot the satellites down so I once asked a British telecoms a former British <laughs> telecoms uh, um Africa uh MD. Yeah. Um at the t- he was he was British Telecoms uh Africa Sub-Saharan African MD at the time. And I asked him what he reckons would be the one thing that could completely disrupt Brit- BT's business globally. BT's like completely disrupt like, you know, Kodak style, Nokia style. And he told me content. You know, this is um three or four years ago. Mm. He literally told me content. and um he he made I, i don't remember what he argued in that direction but i it didn't land for me at the time okay. and it's certainly landing now you know and and again this is going to be so much fun to discuss later on when we talk about 
amazing as you so you know cleverly <laughs> threw forward for us um um herberts um because again part of the trend you're part you, you're part of this this trend to decentralization and um to some extent democratization of these platforms and 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 systems in a way that i think is going to change the way we all transact in the future and sure, uh, sure. seek there's value there's we talked about that for example why is it i i still need a sim card for that operator why can't yeah. it be a phone mm-hmm. and i simply log on to celsi if i wanted to yes and if yes. i feel like logging on to mtn i i i pay for what i need yeah. to on mtn mm-hmm. or vodacom yeah, yeah. Uh, and then i can use this same service mm-hmm. going o- overseas the whole idea of roaming is mm-hmm. rubbish Yeah. That should not yeah, be that should not exist. Yeah. So the so the new players are going to come uh with these low orbit satellites uh service. Do you know what you call this what you just described? What? Engineered friction. Engineered friction. Yes. Yeah. So oh, the, the, no, no, be, you don't, don't be like um uh, Harvard uh, professor yeah. <laughs> call it what it is. Mafia. It's mafia. <laughs> mafia. mafia. So here's the thing. I, there's a part of me that feels like okay like you say we really don't know the ins and outs of the story. All we have to go on is is news reports and some of the analysis uh we've read on the matter. Uh we haven't had any direct links as yet um in into this MTN matter. Um the the last time, you know, ish hit the fan at MTN, we had some <clears throat> some interesting inside scoops on that. <laughs> But um so if you're interested in sort of il- illuminating us, please give us a shout at African Roundup on Twitter, Instagram. So facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup on Facebook. And of course, drop us uh, an email at hello at africantechroundup.com if you have anything to say. Nigeria, how do you feel? What do you feel? Do you want your money? Tell us. What about you, South Africa? Do you feel like MTN is being unfairly taken for a ride? Is this even a South Africa versus Nigeria thing? Is it a Nigeria versus MTN thing? Is it MTN versus everybody? Tell us how you feel. No, Elon Musk will tell you it's Earth versus Mars. If someone's <laughs> voting, if someone's rooting for Elon Musk to disrupt the whole thing. So let's move on to uh, Jack Ma and China, kind of in that order. So Jack Ma was here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mean, who didn't write about him? Pretty much every platform, every major publication covered China's richest man coming to to Africa for the second time in what as many years or less. Last time he rolled into in on, into the continent, he headed to East Africa. He had like a bunch of billionaires in tow, and he was talking the talk. He only lost me when he started talking about leapfrogging technologies. You know how much I hate that leapfrogging notion, VJ. We talk about it almost every time you're here. Um, but other than that, I mean, his rhetoric, man, on point. Uh, we ran a little poll on our Twitter page, and we asked people after his his free lecture in South Africa like you know how are you feeling about this is he the man basically is it great rhetoric and you'll see as in you're waiting to see what's going to happen or are you just not impressed like whatever uh you're not interested you don't see the value in anything he said and perhaps even suspect his motives and most of you said great rhetoric we'll see you know um what what do you guys make of Jack Ma coming to the continent what do you think it signals at amazing like top line gear what what what's the feeling is it affirmation for I think it's what do you guys believe over here it's affirmation i think it's affirmation. in what way herbert we are starting from a from a very low base here in africa so i think most of the of the interest in terms of uh development technology is going to be in africa i think if you go to the first world right now you know they are right at the top there's nothing more for them to achieve and there's so much that we can do in here in africa so i think uh the potential for growth is here in Africa that's why Jack Ma is coming to Africa yeah yeah um, and i mean you are married to a tech entrepreneur uh, and both you your wife and you and your wife VJ run 
sort of it could be argued e-commerce i suppose there's the market the the tap snap is like a marketplace play but it's e-commerce right yeah yeah so e-commerce whether it's um you baby and i.com which is you know give your wife a shout out man like yeah yeah like I mean, i'm yeah, talking sure, about sure. her like she's some entity like she's she's a boss <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so CEO. both of you are in e-commerce but give her a shout out what's her name yeah shanae vijendranath my wife she has a company called you baby and i which is a overarching company uh, where it's all about content uh, for mums, by mums. But she's actually launched something new called Mum Says, which is an analytics AI platform, which is actually helping mums understand what they need based on other mums like them doing similar things. So a mum that's a year ahead of you in terms of the the journey will be able to give you feedback and say, this is what I learned, this is what's good, what's not. Yeah. So you don't make the same mistakes twice. So basically this e-commerce thing, it's solidly in the family for you guys. And and, and the reason I, I bring that up specifically is because what um, Jack Ma unabashedly backing e-commerce growth mm. yes. on the continent, not surprising given he's the CEO yes. of Alibaba. And and so his interest in that regard very specific. What do you make of his coming to the continent, his rhetoric, and his bullishness on e-commerce on the continent? Given all of that, give, and given the fact that you're in the trenches, I'll give you. you good, I'll give you good news, bad news, which is uh, very typical of what I see. The good news is um, he's giving us the confidence. Like if he says, "You guys can do it," you know, go for it. That's great. I actually love that because the youth um, are starting to believe in themselves. They understand that e-commerce, marketplaces, digitization, e-banking, mobile money, what have you, is going to grow really fast in, in, in Africa. So that's that's great. The bad news is it's just like when Bill Gates came here a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, he was here more recently. Oh, actually, recently. before like a wedding and then yeah. he he took, he yeah, he was in Nigeria recently. But in, yeah, but yeah, to your point, Bill Gates. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, 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 it tends to be the same rhetoric like yeah. youth are the future, children are the future, Africa is the future. Here's our foreign aid. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> foreign, here's some foreign aid. Here's yeah. a foreign aid, and you can pay us back at twenty uh, percent. Um, what's it? What, what do they charge? That's a huge amount of debt, right? Yeah, it's just just more debt. Yeah. So um, we don't need to worry too much about it in that sense. Um, if if we're going to do self-realization in Africa, it's going to have to be homegrown products that that uses African money to actually build it, and not foreign aid. Yeah, because um, the ten million he's promising. Um, because he, he, his foundation is promising, it's not it's not even money worth mentioning when you consider how big he is and how big Alibaba is. Yes. But he's basically promising a couple, you know, several millions a year to sort of stimulate some of the better ideas on the continent. It's not nothing, but in the context of what needs to be done and can be done. How uh, many businesses can have access to that and where do they get access to that? Yeah. Uh, do you know? Uh, not quite, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's $10 million and if it's a partic- uh, specifically in Kenya and it's for five companies... There's only so much you can do. While $10 million was actually just the seed fund in one of the Silicon Valley companies when they had a prototype, you know. So on one hand, great. On the other hand, if if, it, if, he, if he's saying, here's money to help uh, grow African business to solve African problems, great. Yeah. But if, if he's going to say you can use his money and grow globally, no. Um, that's not going to happen. So let me extend this discussion to, I mean, there's no doubt that Jack Ma, whether he... he he positions himself as that certainly publicly or not, which he really doesn't. He doesn't put himself out there as a soft power play of the Chinese government, which he clearly is on some level mm. um, being Chinese and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, subsequent to his visit, there've been massive announcements by the Chinese government about the billions of dollars they're committing to, to Africa in all shapes and forms. And they've been think pieces galore and um, people decrying the, you know, the, 
the the sort of neo-colonialization vibes that these monies imply and 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 basically just going maybe we should be nestling into the arms of the west as opposed to the east because we can't trust them or we can't trust anybody we should trust ourselves there are all these views what do you guys make broadly speaking of china's apparent enthusiasm for the continent and do you are you team let's go or team Aish, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm team cautious. You're team cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if you have given me a choice, I say team go. Yeah. Um, I think if you look, think about it, the future is that this country is going to be huge. Uh, within a decade, I think it'll. You're ex- talking about South Africa. Uh, talking about China. Oh, China's going to be huge. China, okay. China's going to be huge. Okay. Um, from an investment perspective, I think in a decade it will it will exceed American investments in Africa by yeah. by by long shot. I still think, and I even told my wife this: um, if you're going to make this successful in terms of what we're doing, you need, and the kids as well, we need to learn Chinese as a language. Um, English is is a very powerful language because if you learn it, if you know it, you can be successful worldwide. But the next big thing is learn Chinese. I think if you're going to do this properly, embrace it, and at least put them on your side. In fact, if you, if I can actually say it in a very crude way, I was I watching I was watching a uh, documentary. There are many assholes in the world. At least if the asshole is yours, it's okay. <laughs> that's so that's so nasty. But you know, so I'm going to push back a little bit on on your your sort of bullishness, right? Yes. Your heritage leads back to Sri Lanka. Yes, isn't that like a country that literally is the poster child for what happens when you allow China to? I don't know. Would you call it overinvest? Uh, they overinvested in a sense. Uh, yeah. they, they didn't have enough money to pay back. So a lot of land and strategic ports had to be handed over. So uh, and, and of course, you're yeah. saying this in, 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 not in a non-democratic way. They've been muscled. The, the, their economic situation has forced them into perhaps uh, into arrangements, economic arrangements with the Chinese that perhaps they would have preferred not to engage in, but then, you know, but they've sort of chosen their bedfellows for the next couple of decades or whatever. But you understand, uh, in terms of what they're doing, it's nothing different. It doesn't, doesn't take away that it's bad, but it's nothing different to the colonial era of France and Spain and what the United States have also been doing in the past as well. It's just that they've been doing it in a different way, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just that uh, China's doing it through money and finance, they did it through colonialism and racism and 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 and, and power and war. So there's it's, something. It's, it's to almost be... like a lesser evil of the two, really. If you think but, about it. And let me put it this way as well. There's an argument I've heard that I, you know, I kind of have to indulge somewhat because it's like you don't want to infantilize infantilize um, Africa and African nations, right? Um, so far in this discussion, we've almost done that in the sense that you'd, you'd think listening to this conversation, like our, cu- our countries in Africa have zero agency, you know, whether we're talking politically or economically. I'd like to think we have some role in shaping what any, any sort of uh, relationship we have with a foreign investor should or could look like. So what, what, what do you reckon, Herbert? Yeah, I think one can only do as much as we can do. I mean, we are we are doing our part. We've come up with a with a solution that we are that yeah. we are pushing. Yeah, and I think uh, that applies to everyone. You know, you can you have to do what you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't um, sit back and go. Um, yeah, I and 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 I feel like um, you know, 
I feel like that's the answer. That's the pragmatic answer. Sure. Those of us who can should. And and yes, while there's room for us to sort of debate these things left, right, and, and center, I understand that the debate often stems from people with self-interest in that direction. So you turn on the TV and you see BBC sort of questioning the role of China in, in, in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where that's coming from, <laughs> what, the, what the underlying agenda there might be. When you watch CCTV and it's sort of like, China is, is saving Africa and Africa loves it. Um, you understand where that's coming from. When you see um, governments sort of pick Trump over you know, China or China over Trump, you know, you know that there's like very pragmatic reasons, often not so great reasons ultimately for, for, for the average citizen. But those of us who understand what's going on and have the power to change it in our own, in our own sort of sphere should do it. Mm, You know, put it this way, bluntly. Yeah. If Chinese investments wanted to invest and you had no money and you don't have the will or the power internally to build and they're offering it, one-tenth of the cost of what France might do or what um, Spain or US might do. What are you going to do? You go with China. You go with China. Or the second option is Russia, right? Um, So what are you going to do? So you have to invest. You have to put something up because, you know, your citizens are hungry. And at the same time, you have to look at, say, in Ethiopia, which is, again, an excellent example on the continent of, like, before and after China situation, you know, and you can't help but view what's happening in Ethiopia and go, um, you, there's still stuff to worry about and be concerned about, but for the most part, like you can't hate. Yeah. It looks positive. You know what I mean? It's positive. Like you can't, you, you kind of have to be pragmatic about it and go. Is um, is Rwanda the only African country that actually had a turnaround by themselves? I wouldn't call it by themselves. I mean, they're super friendly with Singapore. I mean, and uh, and France still. Oh, French. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, but I don't know that there's any country in the world that is an independent turnaround success story. I, I don't think it, it's fair to say that. I think it would be an oversimplification. I think that Rwanda does a really good job of projecting that, okay. of going, guys, we we have a vision for ourselves. It's shipping like join us or leave us alone and and i think as far as signaling that to the world they've been great but i know behind the scenes like they're doing deals with everyone just the same way well, in terms of western media from at yeah. least western liberal media yeah. uh, rwanda is quite a darling because uh in terms of gender pay gaps and gender representation is actually the best in the world according yeah. to them it's, yeah uh, yeah best they've got more women in government than i think pretty much the pay almost gap any is country. the best as well it's 86 yeah. percent only country better is iceland Apparently, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, again, you, um, again, the pragmatism in me is, um, it's give or take, and I think that's what trade represents. I mean, you win some, you lose some. To try and remove the emotion out of these discussions is really hard, um, because we're in a post-colonial society. But I think it's possible to sort of look at things on a value perspective, case by case. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shout out, of course, to Mutoni Karasani. He's um, uh, one of our uh, contributing op-ed writers, um, you should look out for his piece called Tech Entrepreneurs Need More Than Money. It was published um, in our syndicated op-ed for Business Report. Just type in Tech Entrepreneurs Need More Than Money. Mutoni Karasani, shout out to you. Very interesting perspective on, well, his personal take on, you know, what's praiseworthy about uh, about Jack Ma's visit and his rhetoric and perhaps, you know, what's lacking still. 
Moving uh, swiftly along to perhaps our last major highlight uh, trend to consider, and uh, it will serve as the the springboard for our discussion, segue to our discussion, if you like. Um, this African fintech gold rush is a real thing um, in the startup space. Like it's undeniable. We and many other platforms and commentators preempted, you know, the trend towards this direction uh, in the couple of years leading up to this year. Sure. This year, um, we're definitely seeing unprecedented interest and investment in that space. Most recently, Paystack landing $8 million in uh, a round of investment. Yoko in their Series B, $16 million um, in just the last week or so. Mines, US-based startup, but founded by Nigerians, um, doing a lot of business already in in Nigeria with... Uh, with um, some big name brands like uh, InterSwitch and uh, Nine Mobile, they've landed $13 million to, to do something quite interestingly different, which is, in their case, uh, resource incumbents with this sort of basket of products that allows them to be as disruptive as any startup. The, there's just so many different plays at this. The bottom line is there is definitely a push towards backing fintech startups on the continent or Africa-focused startups based elsewhere. One of the investors is talking about that. Apparently, that is the only thing that really scales properly in African continent. Is that true? Because apparently that's the reason why there's so much of investment in fintech. If you're, if you're going to use like the most common Silicon Valley uh, definitions of what constitutes a startup within the venture capital scene, I think you're probably right when you think about also just how strict certain funds are about, you know, sticking to thesis and, uh, you know, chasing 10x potential and things of that nature. And also just the the time they have or the time pressure they're under to to see results. So in that respect, I can I can believe that for the I think that might be true for the most part. But I would also say that it also ticks a lot of boxes around the sort of quote unquote impact narrative, impact investment narrative. That's, that's becoming the next wave of foreign aid to the continent. It, it ticks so many boxes around, you know, people who want to be able to claim we're doing business and doing good. Financial inclusion is this massive buzzword. And also it's a great way to hide perhaps lackluster growth uh, in terms of the, you know, the thesis I mentioned earlier, but you can always say, well, at least we're sort of banking people who who were formerly who were formerly unincluded. So we're we're winning either way situation. And I feel like they're very they're not too many investment spaces that offer that that wonderful best of both scenario for investors. Well, I prefer the sort of NASA theory of growth. The NASA, NASA theory? theory of growth, which okay. is which is um, you're rushing to you are rushing to get to the moon, right? But and everything else happens in order to make that happen first. So the technology was being developed, the financial system was getting developed, uh, way to transport, uh, things were between people was being developed. All kinds of technology was being developed so that we could reach the moon. That technology gave gave uh, way to the internet and a lot of technology that we use today, right? Even in our sneakers. In our sneakers. Yeah. So much of stuff. Memory foam came out of that, yeah. right? So that's what I'm saying. If you're going to invest, I just wish we could look at the NASA way of doing it, which is build something that is going to fundamentally allow Africans to dream uh, and look up and rather than just look down. And then as a result of that motivation, 
everyone that's being unbanked will get banked. Uh, the education will get sorted because the demand to get people educated in order to fulfill the demand gets sorted. Things a- like as that. opposed to a gold rush in a specific yes in a specific area. Yeah. You, you're, you guys are in the fintech space, like straight yeah. up and down. Um, Zing Holdings is a fintech play. You've mm-hmm. serviced uh, a number of large incumbents, cabs. Give me some more. Old Mutual? Old Mutual and yeah. um, and Liberty, but we've been in the background, you know, business to business. Yes. Yeah. And, and before I actually bring you in, that's the yeah. other thing that's worth mentioning, is that for every one of these big announcements, you know, these big Series A's, there are plays like Zing that are quietly doing things in the background, yes. sometimes get quietly acquired without everyone ever ever hearing about it sure. and or absorbed, you know, capacity-wise into incumbents. And, and I feel sometimes that big announcements like these are distracting for that reason because I, I think there's a lot of sort of utility and value that's already in the works. And so in that context, I wonder what you make of this huge interest in fintech herbert that's currently sweeping the continent mm-hmm. um do you think it's well deserved do you think there are people like yourselves that have been hustling they've been doing it just quietly and not you know in the in the in the news so much yeah yeah what do you yeah. think so whichever way you look at it i mean you look at all the traditional uh, uh brick and mortar shops that that we have at the moment i mean everybody is going into the fintech space we are building apps everything is going towards e-commerce so there's a there's a there's a lot of activity there there's a lot of uh, potential in that in that space and that's that's where we come in do you do you see some of the people we've listed here as potential competitors to what you do Oh, I suppose they are by default. I mean, because you're servicing clients they'd love to have on their books as well. Like, how do you how do you guys approach this? How do you think about it? Our model at the moment, you know, we we are we are we are basically going for at the moment. I think I think financial inclusion is uh, is what we are we are aiming for. There are people that are that are not in the system, and thus those are the people that we we want to serve. And I think we have the the capacity, and we are small enough we can we can serve those people. So I think yeah, we definitely be be competition for for these big uh, big entities. Yeah. yeah, and what about the smaller ones? Uh, you know, your Paystacks, your Minds, mm-hmm. your Shaw Remit, who mm-hmm. I think is much more closely aligned with what you're going with what you guys are doing, and we'll explain that in a moment. Course, how do you how do you think about this? How do you survey when you survey like the startup landscape? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of the field? Do is there a sense of collaboration that perhaps we are not seeing? Is it literally like the wild wild west? What is it like in your world right now? So I think uh, they, they, there's enough in the market. You know, we, we're not fighting against each other or anything like that. We're starting up, and uh, yeah, I believe we are. We are. We are. We are not competitors. We are not collaborating. But uh, there's uh, there's enough business for everyone at the moment. Really? Yeah, and how many I are we believe, talking? It's I like three hundred. Three hundred active. Mm-hmm. Fintech companies in Africa. This is according yeah. to? This is TechCrunch. TechCrunch. Oh, no, TechCrunch or, sorry, Disrupt Africa. Disrupt, Disrupt Africa. Africa. Oh, yeah, Disrupt Africa okay. did a, okay. a research survey on that. And and I suppose when you consider how large the continent is and how big the, un, you know, the, the addressable market is, um, it, 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 I can believe that. I, I know for, for a fact that I would not be in this industry because I just know there's so many players, even with the funding available, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a bandwagon and it's definitely... Too many players. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot more innovations that can be done on top that can drive uh, the bank, uh, drive the unbanked to get banked. You know, what would you think? What would you say? 
is an example. Of uh, for example, what we're doing now is we build. Uh, the analogy is, we're building as many roads as possible because you want to connect as many people from one another. But there are no cars on the road. There are no cars. Right. Right. We just want to build the fanciest, be- and everyone's like rushing. I can build the best road, cheapest roads, the most cost-effective roads. Whatever. So you're talking infrastructure now. Yeah. Like okay. the analogy for uh, yeah. of the fintech yes. system. I'm saying. Let's get people to build a car, a fancy, not a fancy, a fancy, uh, a supercar that, that all Africans can use. But the fact that you're building the car, you're getting education systems in place that teaches people how to build the car. Then you're getting engineering knowledge and how actually build and deploy and manage it. Then you're getting businesses being run who can sell the car, maintain the car. Next thing you know, you've got fintech systems in place coming up to maintain and manage so that uh, people can sell the car, Right. Uh, and maintain the car and, and obviously help people um, ma- drive the car, uh, manage it, whatever it is. And who do you think, at the, in your analogy, should be should be acting on that? Are you talking ca- at the sort of country level? Are you talking I- I- incumbents? Do you think private equity or VC money should be pouring into that? Or? I think VC money should have more faith in having something higher level where fintech is only a um, underlying infrastructure like don't invest the engine engine is the uh, is 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 the fintech system here invest in the car so or the or not even the roads even uh, because that would be the interpayment system analogy right mm-hmm. invest in the car so in this case vcs put should, should put money on top of where fintech is necessary where fintech becomes useful okay so in the context of certain you know fintech plays which might be in the sort of infrastructure play where they're enabling payments for example yes. you're saying maybe back regulation technology for example on, on top of it that requires for example yeah. the e-commerce the, the the marketplaces um the even the brick and mortar shops whatever it is yeah digitization of where goods are necessary to transform a to b and the fintech comes in place that that facilitates the payments not the payments itself because I suppose you're right in the sense that everyone's kind of playing for the, you know, playing. Everyone is kind of banking on the fact that consumer behavior is going to catch up and they want to be ready with the infrastructure and be positioned to, to service mm. what's going to come online. You're saying invest. I'm saying I'm saying take a leap of faith, have a little more uh, faith in the African sort of ecosystem. Go on top. One more step. It doesn't have to, you don't have to go full on. Apple, like, let's build a brand new iPhone. No, just one more step, right? Enable that uh, to happen, which will actually enable the fintech. So now I think that's a great segue for you to tell us what Zing Zing does, because it sounds to me, um, I, I think of what you guys do right there with, you know, the platform play that I know the Venture Garden Group is trying to is trying to exercise in Nigeria and and certainly with some of the investees like Shaw Gifts, Shaw Remit and, and, and what they've done. Tell us about Zing and particularly um, your portfolio um, within the company. So the the problem that we that we want to solve at the moment is that you know the it's a it's expensive to to remit to remit cash. Uh, Africa, I think, on average throughout the whole world, we are sitting at around sixteen percent, and we're just bringing in some 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 bit of uh, innovation in how people can uh, can perform remittances. Based in Mauritius, who owns you guys? We're domiciled in, in Mauritius. Mauritius. Where yes. you where where do you operate from? 
we operate from uh, Stellenbosch. From Stellenbosch. Yes, in, yes. Who 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 owns Zing? The the Zing Group. Who how, how are you guys financed? And? We are the 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 main shareholder is South African, so he's based in uh, Stellenbosch himself. Okay. And uh, we are domiciled in uh, in Mauritius because it's uh, you know from a regulatory perspective and yeah. from efficiency from an efficiency perspective, it's easier to to operate from there. Fair enough. So, so that's why we are domiciled yeah. there. But what we are doing currently, because um, the project product that we have, Diaspora SA, is basically an entity in South Africa, which is a subsidiary of yes. uh, Zing. Also, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't even have to explain that. To, uh, most of our listeners will understand. Yes. And also Mauritius, we totally... We totally love you guys. You guys are Africa. It's all good. Um, so great. We know that it's a, a, a great place to be based um, if you want to sort of internationalize yes. an operation and, and and basically, you know, benefit from regulatory, um, you know, to basically um, leverage regulatory benefits. And so sure. great, especially sure. if you're a fintech. So you guys are fintech. You have an existing book of, of business. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. named some of them or mm-hmm. we've named some of them. Liberty, mm-hmm. Old Mutual, um, mm-hmm. Cabs in Zimbabwe. And presumably in doing business for these entities, you guys have learned a thing or two about gaps in the market. Yes. For people who are not in that system. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, have you what so what are you solving for? What have you discovered? So because now they remember we were developing apps for these businesses and mm-hmm. we are not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we are actually the, the development house is sitting in our company now. So mm-hmm. we've got a full development team in our company. And, and now uh, you're going B to B to C where before you were B to B. Yeah. That 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 is correct. And we we already have infrastructure in uh in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. and we have infrastructure as well in Malawi but the pilot project at the moment is uh Zimbabwe. Okay. Yes. And yes. so you we've talked about this on the show huge mm-hmm. pet peeve for us. Mm-hmm. The ridiculous amount of money it costs any African mm-hmm. to transact cross-border. Yes. Um, like we, we're world beating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, at terms, in terms of like remittance fees. Sure. And, um, and so you guys have figured out a way mm-hmm. to get someone like me sitting here in, in, in Johannesburg to be able to buy my mom and dad electricity, mm-hmm. buy them airtime, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and send them money without parting with anything for the privilege. Okay, well, what, 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 how does that work? All right. We are, we are, you're not exactly, we're not, we're not sending, sending money. Yes. We have a digital uh, coin exchange, which is based in Mauritius. So what we do in uh, South Africa, we are simply selling those coins on behalf of uh, the Mauritius company. So it's almost like so little in, vouchers. So you allow me yes. to buy a little voucher yes, that yes. runs through your Mauritius company mm-hmm. that allows me to to purchase something in 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 Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe. Yes. And and you guys are basically an intermediary that permits the whole thing. So you it's an ecosystem. You you said it perfectly. It's okay. like a vouchering system. Okay. So our coins they're not, you know, we always say, you know, it's not cryptocurrency. You know, there there's nothing speculative about our car, about our coins. So you buy a coin, each coin is worth 1 cent. Although so, if you if you had bought a bunch of your coin, mm-hmm. uh, given what the rand is doing now, mm-hmm. and just held on to it and didn't buy anything, and just held on to it. Yes. And I'm not trying to get you to encourage speculation, but technically, if, if that's all we had done, right, uh, Vijay, you and I would have just bought those coins. Uh-huh. It would have been a smart way to, I don't know, mm-hmm. to keep, you know, to, to to hang on to value while the rest of 
you know, the, while the rand is, t- is tanking. That, that's correct. That's correct. That's, that's an upside to buying Zing coins. Okay. That's an upside. Although that's not what you're, that's not the business though. Pe- people are not buying Zing coins because they are speculating. People are buying Zing coins. They've got a, they've got a need to pay for bills and they've got a need to purchase products in Zimbabwe. That's why you buy the coins. Okay. That's the primary motive of buying the coins. Right. So we were talking uh, before, you know, before the interview started about, uh, you did an interview with the Chronicle, my hometown newspaper, the Bulawayo Chronicle. That's correct. Uh, shout out to you, Skies. Uh, that's what we call Bulawayo. Anyway, so you guys did an interesting thing, which mm-hmm. helps explain to people how this works. Yes. So tell us what you did with one of the Chronicle's reporters. All right. That's uh, So this is our our, our press uh, release launch, mm-hmm. and we were able to get hold of the, the editor of the of the Chronicles, mm-hmm. and uh, we just wanted to show him how, how the app works. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to briefly how the app works, uh, you download the app, which is free. You download the app once you download the app. And it's only f- available for Android right now, right? For Android at the moment. We, we are going and it's to called, launch. what's the app called? It's called Amazing. Amazing with the dots. Amazing with the Between dots. Between Ama and Zing. Let's put a pause in there. Ama, Zing. Amazing. Ama.Zing. Okay. That, that is correct. That is correct. So you download the app and, of course, you download the app for free. And once you download the app, it's either you're a free member or you are a paid member where you pay $5 for a year. And what we do as well, they you know, in line with uh, our aim to 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 for financial exclusion, financial inclusion, you will basically gift you with uh, insurance there in the app as well. So once you go in, you download the app, you go into the coins, you buy the coins, and once you buy the coins, you basically can pay for the coins that pick and pay. You can pay for the coins at Pep. Uh, you can uh, in South Africa, in South Africa, and uh, which is essentially your live beta. Yeah. So your live beta, your first sort of test mm. market is South Africa. It's South Africa. So if you're a Zimbabwean listening to this in mm. Russia or whatever, don't to bother. It's not It's not live there. The, 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 <laughs> Just yet. In, in South Africa. So all we need is your mobile number and we need your name. Okay. All right. And once you have that, you purchase the coins. And like I said, we will be out uh, in about 100,000 uh, network shops will be live in the next couple of weeks, maybe two or three weeks. But you can also... We're in Zimbabwe. Right here, oh, in, here South in South Africa, Africa. for you to purchase so, coins. And on the Zimbabwean side, like what, what, what can I buy with these coins? Like what, what's at currently the, available? At the, at the moment, you can buy, you can buy electricity mm-hmm. from, all the, from Zesa. And you can also purchase airtime. And we have another feature that we call Pay Anyone. So anyone who's got a bank account in Zimbabwe, you can basically pay them. All right. So you use the coins. Right. So you buy the coins and you purchase them instantly. They're in your account. And what you do, you say you want to pay someone who's got an account at CBZ or who's got an account at NMB. You choose them on the system and you pay them and that's it. And what's the transaction fee for me? Someone sending money or paying for something in Zim? All right. The, the transaction fee that, 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 that we have at the moment, because we, we always say, you know, on the platform, once you've bought the coins on the platform, you want to send coins to somebody or you want to purchase airtime or you want to purchase uh, electricity, you know, there, 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 there are no transaction fees in the platform. Mm-hmm. The only transaction fees come in whereby, for instance, we have to use someone's infrastructure. Okay, so you're paying you're paying whoever a service provider in Zimbabwe who who manages payments infrastructure for Zesa. For yes, yes, that's that's correct. So that's the. So only how are you making money? How do you make money if if I'm not paying anything to you? You're literally saying, 
come mm. buy coin with us, use our service, we'll give you free insurance, pay for stuff that you you had to pay quite a lot. I, I don't know if there's any way you can pay Zessa directly from here. Okay. Zessa is the electricity company. Yes. Um, and I certainly pay a lot of money to transfer money to my parents. That's good. You're saying none of that. I only pay what you guys are charged in Zimbabwe if I were transferring the, the transaction fees, yes, yes, of course. Like we, like we said, we we have access to a network of more than hundred thousand shops. So, are South they Africa. paying you? Are they paying you? Are they, are they incentivized to join your network because you're bringing business to them? What 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 the networks on the other side will do because they are basically accepting our coins. So when they accept our coins, they sell back the coins to our exchange, and when they sell the coins back to our exchange, then that's where our margin is. So the cost hmm. is not sitting with the consumer. We actually, when you buy So your coins, partners are financing this whole thing. So you're trying, you found a way to put the, the burden for this whole infrastructure on the suppliers who have a vested interest in growing traffic to their... That, that's exactly, that's exactly what we're doing. And what, what we further on do, I'll add something on top about electricity for, for Prosper in the morning. And when you do that, if you're a gold member... So, so Prosper is the editor at, at, at Chronicle. Chronicles, yeah. Once, once so what did you do? So you said, let us show you how this works. And then he said, okay, I've downloaded the app and you guys, what did you do? What we do, because in, in Zimbabwe at the moment, our, our app is not live there. So the app that we have is the app that I have here. So all I needed to do with uh, Prosper, I say to Prosper, may you please give me your, your cell phone number? He gives me a cell phone number. I go into the app. I say, I want to buy airtime. I go into my contacts list. I grab uh, Prosper and I say, I want to send airtime. And it goes to Zimbabwe in real time. He gets the airtime right there and then. And what we do as well, if you're transacting on the app, and I said, I mentioned that you've got a free member and you've got a gold member. If you're a gold member and you're purchasing those qualifying transactions, you actually get Zing coins back. So we give you a discount. We have the companies that will charge you to send it and they'll charge you as well. You pay the full amount. We are actually giving you coins. We gift you with coins. And what we further do in terms of insurance, I was talking about insurance. So we insure you as well. Every time you spend fifty dollars on the on the app, we gift you with insurance for two hundred dollars for the next month, and you can assure a life in Zimbabwe. In the unfortunate event that they pass away, then a beneficiary will be paid out, so you don't have funeral expenses, or you will have funeral expenses, but at least you've got something. Who's underwriting to cover. that? So who's your partner for the insurance? Well, we are we are basically one of our one of our shareholders is uh, the second biggest reinsurance company in the world. Munich, Munich, uh, Munich is the biggest. Swiss Re is Swiss the second Re. biggest. Okay, they are our shareholders and they are supporting us throughout this whole process. Dang, hmm. this reminds me. What is that uh, money that we that that's always uh, used to send money to scammers? To who? To all the scammers in the world. All <laughs> <No> scammers. <laughs> Scammers. Scammers say, "Hey, I'm your, I'm your uncle from, from oh this yes, uncle did. from another mother. I have money yes, to you. Yes, yes, yes. What, what is what is that system oh. that they always ask you to put in? Money? I don't know. What is it? That money something gram or that that transfer system? Oh, 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 oh. So money gram. There's money gram. There's uh, what's the, the yellow people? 
Lilo Western Union. Western, Western <laughs> Union. Western you Union. are a threat to Western Union because if you can sort this out, I hope. And I, I love how we came to this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, like sure. I love where the brand, where the brand's positioned in your mind. Like, that's how it's perceived. Because right now, that's all it's useful for. Because paying, real, real money. Because they're, they're so expensive anyway. So, yeah. So scammers yeah. are no problem with that. Yeah. So I'm saying, if you yeah. can bring this out, yes, uh, you have my support oh, my and my word, prayers. Right? If those guys go bankrupt and shut down. We, we are going to disrupt the market. I think you, you're right in terms of remittances. And I think uh, this is a small solution that I've showed you guys. That, Man. You know, we're going into Zimbabwe. That's our pilot project. But Man. infrastructure, Malawi is next. And we are actually building because now, like I told you, in Mauritius, this means that we have access, you know, we can actually scale up easily and we can take the same model in someone in the UK now. So in the diaspora, Dang. in the UK, you can actually use the same platform, Snap. just different channels. Because at the moment, in the app, if you want to go in the app, you you enter your South African number, it gives you features for Zimbabwe. If you enter your Zimbabwe numbers, it gives you features for Zimbabwe. So I want to ask you about, you know, like the regulatory nightmare. This sounds like it, it could potentially be, and I, I hope I'm not jinxing you guys. But I'm just thinking, um, to the point Vijay made, there are a lot of people who obviously have a vested interest in something like this being dubbed illegal, mm-hmm. a threat to the the economic stability of the financial system, yes. yada, yada, yada. And I mean, the genuine concerns that even someone like me has, like, how can I trust you? Well, you've partly answered that question mm-hmm. um, because um, I happen to think Swiss Re is a pretty reliable entity. Mm, and if they're a shareholder in your business, well, okay, that changes things slightly for me. Um, in terms of, well, um, I feel that that's definitely a bankable partner to have in the mix. Of course. But at the same time, there are questions, genuine questions of trust. Of what happens if you guys suddenly disappear? You disappear from the app store. I've got a $300 in my wallet mm-hmm. of, co- of, um, of Zing coin. What is it called? Uh, amazing coin. Amazing coin. And yes, while it's been great and it got me to the point where I've even moved all my company's mm. remittances and payments onto there and then all of a sudden you guys disappear. That'd be great, right? That'd be great. So then then you guys disappear. How do I answer for that? And I think that's what your competitors will tell regulators and say, mm. you know, how can we trust these people? They're not regulated as financial services providers like we are. You know, you know where to find us. We're listed entities. We're regulated by law. Um, these guys are, are, are domiciled offshore. This is a massive risk. Yes, how, yes. How, how do you, how do you uh, sort of strategize around that? You understand my question. No, 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 no that's, I mean, trust is a big issue. I mean, yeah. I started socializing the app yesterday and getting in touch with people that even know me. And I say to them, you know, guys, this is the way to go. Uh, we, we're using a concept that we call promo code, where if you're in the app, you've downloaded the app, you can actually send, go into the end button, send a promo code. And if that person signs up, they get linked to you. And on their earnings, you're going to earn for life. So they are linked to you for life. Oh my word. So you are going to earn using that button. So I attempted to use that functionality yesterday I sent my promo app and I think the biggest question that I got from 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 a lot of people that know me was that uh have you ever used this service can they be trusted I mean I think that's 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 and that's, you work for them <laughs> that, that, that's the biggest thing at the moment because yeah. I mean I'm from Zimbabwe I know how many people have lost money in the in in, in the in banks, you yeah. know, you put money in a bank and it gets Never lost. mind crypto, banks, yes, proper yes. banks. So mm. we, are, we, are, we are not going to win over uh, people's trust overnight. 
I can understand when people say, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to try your service yeah. because uh, you might run away with our money. But and it's the same, frankly, that. with the Shaw Remit guys. They still have the same trust issues to to overcome that you have. They, they, there's there's nothing one can do about it because trust has to, has to be built over some time. The yeah. biggest bank in the world, no one wanted to invest with them on the first day. Yeah. So we just hope that, I mean, I've told you our, our you know, we've got a support from, from Swiss Re. Everybody yeah. knows who Swiss Re is. And if yeah. Swiss Re are endorsing our products, they're supporting us. Yeah. Then, I think you, you know, need to take that to market, to be honest. If, yes. if I'm again, why am I giving him stuff for free? <laughs> Invite me to your strategy, to into your strategy room. I'll, I'll I'll consult. But no, on the real though, let's um, you know perhaps in rounding in in rounding up um, sure. the regulatory issue you haven't touched on. Yes, yes. Um, are you guys registered as a financial services? Uh, you know, company? Do you need to be? Mm-hmm. What's the implication of that? And because mm-hmm. I see that as one of the greatest weaknesses in making your case to say a regulator yeah. or um, you know a lawmaker who who decides to to fight on behalf of the Western unions of this world who who will argue we've been here all this time and this is dangerous stuff. Of course, of course. I think I think what 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 we did when uh, when the concept was uh, was conceived, uh, obviously we are dealing with uh, with pay it which is the biggest, they're quite a big player. I mean, they're, they're, they're linked to about 100,000 shops, pick and pay, pep, and they will not touch us if what we are doing is illegal. So we gave them the concept, they took it to their legal team and they said it's fine. We just recently opened up our Forex account and we also had to go through the same system. We had to explain how everything is going to work and our Forex account has been has been, has been has been opened. And I think what's happening in the moment... So like, you're saying you've been vetted by key sort of financial industry players that, um, that, that we are dealing with and exactly partners. exactly okay. and what what we are doing let's say let's say for example you decide now to go down the road to go to pick and pay and you want to buy a loaf of bread they don't ask you for your for your for your id do they no no they don't so that is the same concept you can literally go on the internet buy something from amazon buy something from any shop and they don't ask you for your id we are using the same concept you are buying coins on our platform, then what you are doing, you are simply saying, I'm going to offset an expense that I have in Zimbabwe because we've pre-funded <laughs> our accounts in Zimbabwe. Yeah. You say, I want to pay for electricity and you pay for electricity, which is very simple because you bought a coin, you bought a digital, it's a representation of value that you bought. You bought a representation of value, so you are not remitting money in any way. You bought a product. VJ and I just and looking you, at each and, other. And like, you use the product. You use the product to offset against bills. You you pay for products in Zimbabwe, and that's basically what we are doing. Oh, and believe you me, we've done enough due diligence to say, are we on the right side of the law? And uh, we've received information. The feedback that we've got is that we are fine. Yeah, and I suppose I can also see now with um, the renewed sort of economic um, hopefulness in Zimbabwe with mm-hmm. you know the new government and so on and so forth, I'm having a hard time making an argument for the fact that you guys aren't stimulating the economy in the we sense are. that the money's flowing straight where they want it to flow, and right? In, in, it's in not as though, yeah, right, in, in, in a cheaper way, way. because it's not, um, it's, 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 it's almost even a solve for the crypto problem. Of course. Of which course. Is, is, again, in their minds, um, an illegim- illegitimate flow of value, mm-hmm. which doesn't actually stimulate the mainstream economy. Of course. With you guys, that, that oh my word, uh, I have to say, brilliant. Who's your founder in Stellenbosch? Are you allowed to say? 
Uh, that would be Jason, Jason Petho. Okay, Jason yes. Petho mm-hmm. and co. You all are yes. onto something. I think it's really Next time in your app, right, on your Africa Tech Roundup, you need to actually put something in so that every time you have a reaction mm-hmm. to someone saying it, we can see it when we listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, because you are looking at my face, right? <laughs> you look at me, so some shocking thing is saying, you're like, what? We need to put that sort of reaction yeah, in the podcast. We, we, actually, we need to start YouTubing the, the, <laughs> oh, yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, as he was speaking, man, I mean, I thought I understood the product, but then you unpacked it a little more and its brilliance kind of shone through. I mean, this is a serious pain point for me personally as, as, a, as a Zimbabwean citizen living, sure. a permanent resident living in South Africa. Sure. Um, my, my, much of my family still lives in Zimbabwe and uh, we're constantly, you know, you know, making remittances and we're paying far too much of course. for that, for the privilege of sending our own money. Of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. To, our, and, to our home country. And like it's, it's ridiculous. Via Brussels and then back to Zimbabwe. Right? What? Tell me. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. I'll, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll jump in guys and just put things in perspective. They yeah. say in the global market, if we reduce the amount of remittances by five basis points, that will basically mean a saving of 16 billion in the world. And that money can be used for consumption for savings it can go back in the economies mm. so, but i'm actually quite flabbergasted why is it still that i can't send money for next to nothing to uganda or egypt or Z- why has engineered been- friction i said it to you but it's coming <laughs> it sounds like it's not engineered friction within africa it looks like it's been friction that's coming from externally putting yeah it- i mean when you consider france's control over the the sort of the frank yes with the francophone region and I mean post-colonial issues and I mean it, it's it's a, it's a massive post-colonial economics debate yeah, yes but it has an argument in South Africa like we would find the best diamond in South Africa it would go to Brussels to get priced and then get sold yeah and, of, and it still makes sense to us on some level it's like, somehow, and then it ends up on our wives rings at a very high price because it has to go through the euro pricing yeah no, yeah. it's not even polished yet it's not even polished we yet. can't even polish it yet we're not good enough to polish it you know, we, we led into this discussion, you know, talking about the fintech gold rush. There's certain things that make us really excited. And g- generally speaking, it's things that, that connect so well with like pain points on the ground and the grassroots, you know. And and that's not to say all the other fintech stuff that's happening doesn't, uh, you know, speak to that or isn't relevant because it doesn't speak to like a pain point undelays feeling or the average sort of Zimbabwean is feeling. But, you know, kudos to you guys for thinking uh you know for clearly in your product in your product development mm-hmm. um it almost feels like you had the zimbabwean like a picture of like a zimbabwean you know adult mm-hmm. in the office and you went you know what can we do for them of course and i feel yes. like we not only are the best products created as a result by doing that but also um those are the ones we tend to like the most and then uh, my challenge to you is the next time we have you on the show or someone from from Zing on the show, please don't be like all these other startups who only want to come out here to talk to us when they've got these big numbers to mm-hmm. to share with the world and stuff like that when they're landing investment. The, the ecosystem needs to start to understand on a value basis what, what gains are being made here. Right. In terms of, is it profitable? What's your customer acquisition cost? What, what's your burn rate? Give us a sense of what it's costing you to basically go on this mission of financial inclusion, quote unquote. You know, don't expect us to get excited just because you landed 13000 or $13 million or whatever. That's just part of it. Tell us your bottom line. Show us what the customer lifetime value is. You know, we want to empower the next wave of, of, of innovators to make smart decisions about whether or not they should spend the next three, four, five, six years of their lives innovating in this space. 
And this has to be influenced by far more than just foreign money or even local money that's willing to play around in the space, you know, because of where things may or may not go. We want real facts. And this this ecosystem is is starving for that kind of information. So if you take anything back to your team, Mm -hmm. that's what we're hungry for. We want, you know, yes, you could come back and say, well, 20% of all remittances are now facilitated by us. But that could be a single transaction by a large corporate. You know, that doesn't tell us anything about you know, the impact you're having on on the ground and, and in the mainstream. And I'm just using this as an example. And I don't want to go on, but that's my burden right now with the gold rush around fintech. I feel like um, there's a lot to be excited about for good reason. But I think, can we just all a man and woman up and, and come to the mic? You know, this platform is open to you guys. It's yours. It's an ecosystem platform. Come to us and share with the rest of the world how in value terms you guys are changing the world. Definitely. And celebrate homegrown bootstrapped companies that are making profit. Yeah, exactly. Not just, mm-hmm. I raised all this money and now I've got a picture with the Dalai Lama. No. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You yeah. bootstrapped it in the background, silently mm-hmm. making money. Yeah. And the customers at the end of the day are the happy ones. Because there's also something to be said for the fact that we've never heard of Zing until now. <laughs> but but it's clearly a going concern. To all of you guys booking innovation tours to the Cape and other places, to all the little hubs and you want to go see the... You probably won't find what's act, you know the best stuff out there, mm-hmm. right? He's you know Herbert is smiling because he knows what's up. It's true here in Joburg as well. Sure, sure. Um, do you work out of a hub? Uh, uh, no, BJ? I work from Oklahoma. Oh, so yeah. So there's an example, and you and your wife together like run pretty successful startups. Surprise, surprise! You're not going to find them at the local innovation hub, you know. And and I'm not knocking those hubs. All I'm saying is, um, we want to celebrate acknowledge and celebrate that innovation doesn't always look and feel the way it's being promoted elsewhere. Sure. And it's not in the places that you necessarily expect to find it. Mm-hmm. And probably a good place to put it down right now. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts to share before I thank you for being here? What do you reckon, Vijay? Oh, first of all, um, amazing company. No pun intended. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, you, 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 that, was, that was a gift. That was, Vijay, a, gift. That was a gift. That was a that gift. Was a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a professional dad jokes guy. So, yeah. um, yeah, so good luck with everything. And I, Thanks, and I would Vijay. definitely like to see this being used uh, for remittance for companies to work together, not just transferring money from one, one person to another, but a Thank company doing business to another company across borders. That'll be great. That'll actually be the next big thing. You should you should save these things for when they they pay for our time. Exactly. Right? <laughs> man's typing away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your ideas are going to end up on a whiteboard in Stellenbosch. Exactly. No, okay. I'm messing with you. Uh, cool, man. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing is, yeah, uh, please uh, carry on. Let, let us know more about what's going on. Um, you kind of flinched when I said the innovation hub thing. Because it was like... <laughs> oh, the hub thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because um, I was like, yeah, he doesn't work in a hub. But, I don't um, work in a hub. But you, 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 you and your wife both have been part of like I've been part accelerator of programs. programs and, um, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of learning that I picked up, especially understanding how the startup industry works. I, I really appreciate doing that. The problem with accelerator programs and incubator programs is that it's subsidizing failure. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, accelerator incubator programs is like the idols of the music industry. Okay. Wow. How idols work. Do you know of any famous The TV show, the musical TV show. Yes. You know of any famous idol singer that's making it big, but those bootstrap singers who come out of nowhere, 
They're doing well. Absolutely. That Justin Bieber boy, he just keeps going. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, for real. From everywhere. They're not coming out of idols. So idols yeah. is, is, is like the incubator thing. You're incubating people who think they're good at it and they're subsidizing failure. And they, when they go in the real world, they don't actually, the only gigs they get is at malls, right? Yeah. Um, yes. They go yeah. at birthday parties. That's great. But the big singers That's who great. are actually like Beyonce's of the world, yeah. right, are bootstrapped. And I think part of, you know, the, the, the sort of incubation culture that we're grooming right now, the innovation hub culture we're grooming is to sort of discount operators in that space, you know. And that's why I think it's been really formative, uh, uh, really informative and really um, instructional to to have people like you guys on the again we can't vouch for how well you're doing how profitable your business is and that's why i, I challenged you earlier of course where of course. it's like right now we're excited and we're mm-hmm. really glad and we know you wouldn't be in a position to do what you're doing if you weren't truly the business we also understand that that's oversimplification you guys are based in stellenbosch we know that comes with a certain privilege you know <laughs> look unfortunately so for, yeah so not <laughs> a, well it, it is what it is i'm a pragmatist at this point my point is it's easy to oversimplify in any direction but but it's also true to, to say, like, we need to get over expecting success to look and feel a certain way yes. and be in certain places. And, um, you know, VJ is an example of, of that. Um, you've used these systems to your credit to extract the best of what they can give you yeah. and not fallen into the into the the tendency to to basically build your entire business or sense of entrepreneurship around them and what they can provide you. And I think that's what you and, and, and your wife have demonstrated to me in just observing you guys in real you know in real time. Yeah. Um, you know, offline and stuff. So that's great. That said, I, I must thank you both for being on the show. Thanks for those last words. Vijay Vijendranath of Tapsnap. And of course, our guest here today, uh, Herbert Banire of Zing, South Africa PTY Limited. Shout out to you, Zimbabwe. Thank you very much. Shout out to you, Gweru. <laughs> oh, skies, we see you, fam. Harare, we feel you too. All right. No, for real. Um, if you're in South Africa and you want to try out that app, um, uh, ame.zing, uh, ame.zing in your Android app, um, they promise it'll come out on iOS soon enough um, check it out let us know how, what you think of. try it and of course if you like it give us a shout you know where to find us fam on Twitter we're at African Roundup uh, we're also at African Roundup on Instagram hit us up on Facebook facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup or drop us an email we'd love to hear from you even send us a voice note via email hello at africantechroundup.com tell us what you think of this platform have a look at them um, what's your website for people who obviously can't use the services yet but want to check you guys out Herbert. Let me just go to Amazing. So that's dot a, world. So ama- amazing dot world. Yeah, so that's right. A M A Z I N G. So A M A Z I N G. Don't forget the dot. So A M A dot Z I N G or A M A dot Z I N G dot world. That's correct. So if you guys want to learn more about this company and just get a sense, get a load of what they're they're up to, the audacity. <laughs> what they're up to um, yeah go check them out uh, and again once you check them out and you have a and you have a view you want to share with the rest of the community give us a shot give us the Lolo tell us what you really think and um, so what, I thank you both um, thank you listeners for, for listening shout out to you Airbnb their content partner um, for a series we're doing on inclusive travel and tourism right here on the continent we are 
very grateful to them for resourcing our editorial coverage of that topic and uh, we look forward to an awesome six-part series that we'll be putting out in that space look out for that and otherwise uh, that's it for now thank you so much uh, what how, how do I don't know oh yeah I'll help you out yes if you tap if you tap what if you tap they will snap <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say folks is that's all for now take it easy Africa ciao